So just a few simple, simple thoughts today from Matthew chapter 16, if you want to follow along. So Matthew chapter 16, and we might read the whole section there starting at verse 13. So when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. I might just pray before we get into it. Father God, we just, um, we're just open to hear from you this afternoon. May you just speak into our lives. May you uh, change us, grow us, challenge us, inspire us. Our desire is that we would be, um, become more like Christ. And so we ask that you would use this word today to make us more like Jesus. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. There's, the verse I want to hone in on in that little passage is actually verse 18. And that's the one that says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Okay? On this rock I will build my church. It's a great little phrase, isn't it? On this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or in some translations, hell, the gates of hell will not overcome. And I was meditating on that, that scripture a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, you know what? Jesus has a church building program, doesn't he? I mean, churches have building programs all the time, don't they? They have, you know, their, their building funds set up in their bank accounts, and they, they want to build their, their church buildings. But Jesus has a church building program, and it's a little bit different to our church building programs, isn't it? Okay. And there's basically three things I want to say, and they're just very simple thoughts that I've pulled out of that little phrase. And it's basically this. The church is important to Jesus. The church is significant because it's made by Jesus. And the church is strong because of Jesus. Right? The church is important. The church is significant. Church is strong. Uh, you see here in this passage that that it's it's Peter's revelation about Jesus being the Messiah that was key, wasn't it? He had this revelation that that Jesus was the awaited for anointed King that would come and do what? Come and save us. Save us. Come and restore God's kingdom. Restore God's kingdom. Come and rule, yeah. Restore come, relationship. Yeah, come and restore relationship. 
That's right. So he is the anointed king who would rescue, save, help God's people and would see the kingdom of God established on earth as it is in heaven. All right. Now, this is the sort of revelation you only get from God. The, the idea that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the Saviour, on our own is nonsense. It's nonsense. I bet you don't have to look far around to, to find someone that thinks the idea that Jesus is the Messiah is nonsense. I, I, I'm sure you don't have to scroll far in your um, social media feeds. I'm sure you wouldn't have to look too hard um, in the community to find someone who thinks the idea of Jesus being the Messiah is nonsense. In fact, I'm sure you would find dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds, wouldn't you? Jesus, Patrick. Um, there you go, family members, that's right. Um, but, but what does that say about that person? Like, who are they listening to? If someone thinks, no, nah, the idea of Jesus is, as the Messiah is rubbish, who are they actually listening to? Are they listening to them or are they listening to God? They're listening to themselves, aren't they? And so, so Peter here has this revelation that Jesus is the Messiah and it's a revelation that has come from God. It says it here. This... Um, Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I can't persuade anyone that Jesus is the Messiah, but God can. All right, that God can. So it's on the foundation of that revelation, Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus says to Peter, I'm going to use you to build my church. You're going to be the star. You're going to be key. You're going to be a foundational person. And, of course, he was, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Okay. For us today, though, it's upon that declaration that Jesus is the true king, that Jesus continues to build his church, doesn't he, with ordinary people like Peter was. Peter was a very ordinary person. I'm a very ordinary person. My husband's a very ordinary person. I mean, I love him, but, you know, he's pretty ordinary. And I don't want to catch. I don't want to offend anyone here, but you know what? You're all pretty ordinary. Okay? All right? Um, and it's, it's, it's with ordinary people like you and me. It's, true, it's, it's, it's with that. With that revelation that God gives us that Jesus is the Messiah, he says, I'm going to use you to build my church. He doesn't say Simon Peter, he says, Pete, I'm going to use you to build my church. And he will. I believe it. He really will. He says, Mary Ann, I'm going to use you to build my church. And Alison and Steve and Elaine and everyone here, he's going to use you to build his church. And it's going to be upon that revelation that he's given you that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the true king. So to sum that up, through God we are extraordinary. Amen. That's right. It's the Jesus in you that, that makes you extraordinary. Okay, so he's going he's gonna to use us to build his church. We are the church, aren't we? We are the church. We are the ones who declare that Jesus is the Messiah, he's the anointed king and saviour of the world. And when you get that revelation, do you know what happens? He grafts you into the church. You become part of this community called the church. You know, to be Christian is to be the church. 
going to church doesn't make you a Christian, but when you're a Christian, you go to church, not as a place, but as a Bam. gathering, okay? Because you are the church. The, the, the two go hand in hand. So these three little points I want to draw out for us. The church is significant because it's made by Jesus. So it's significant because Jesus established it, he builds it, he adds to it, and, and it's the revelation of Jesus as the true king that comes from God and it adds people into the community of believers. All right? It's that revelation. I'll tell you now, a church's significance doesn't come from who's there, doesn't come from their ministry programs, it doesn't come from their, their influence in the community or their influence in Christian culture, it doesn't come from their physical building, it doesn't come from their property. When we were visiting Queensland recently, we got to go to some of the big mega churches, well maybe not quite mega church, but they were, they were certainly felt like a mega church to us from, <laughs> from here. And um, oh, I tell you what, they had some facilities. <laughs> They had some ministry programs. They had some pizzazz, <laughs> right? I mean, I tell you what, this first church we went to in Brisbane, I mean, it had this massive private school, like, like it was beautiful. <laughs> it, was, it was big. And then you arrive at the church and it had this beautiful landscaped, shaded outdoor spaces and children's play area and fully functioning cafe coffee shop and chairs and tables and so you know you rock up you get your espresso latte whatever and you sip on it as you wait to go in and then as you go in it's sort of something akin to arriving at the cinemas <laughs> as you check in and you come into the big black auditorium and they were you know they had it all all right they had it all but is that what makes that church significant does does any of that make it significant no no what makes a church significant we've already answered that jesus that's right a church is significant because it's made by jesus we are significant because we've been put together by jesus now um if if the church is jesus's building project you know what i i think everyone should take should think twice before we take the church for granted we? If the church is Jesus' building project, we should think twice before we take it for granted or before we dismiss it or see it as unimportant or irrelevant or out of touch or just generally reject it. Now, for example, I can, I can reject the value of the local sports club, can't I, if I want to? I mean, I don't see the local sports club as particularly important or relevant to my life. Okay? I could uh, reject the value of the local CWA. Yeah doesn't really affect me. I don't see it as important for my life or my family's life. The same for the local Rotary Club, the same for the PNC. I, I, I can reject the value of that if I want to, you know, because they're human organisations. But can I really reject the value and the relevancy of the church? No, because it's made by Jesus. And, and what does that say about me? If I'm rejecting the value of the church made by Jesus. Mm, no. um, I think many of us can think of people who dismiss the importance of church. And, and I think, you know, the next time someone tells me that church is irrelevant or, you know, unimportant or not significant, 
I, I think all I'm going to say to them is, well, you know what, because you can't tell people, you can't argue if they're set, you can't. But I think what I'm going to say to people is this, if the church is important to Jesus, then it's important to me too. Full stop. That's, that's kind of where it starts and ends, isn't it, really? If it's important to Jesus, it's important to me. So I want to encourage us, honour the church because it's been made by Jesus. Second point, the church is important to Jesus because it belongs to him. All right, so the church is significant because it's made by Jesus. The church is important to Jesus because it belongs to him. The church is not mine. It's not yours. Okay, it, it doesn't belong to someone else. It belongs to Jesus. Let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25 to 27. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless got the church there sort of personified as as a, a woman as a bride as a wife haven't we what, what does that passage say about how Jesus feels about the church passionate he feels passionate about it yeah intimate yeah there's a there's a beautiful intimacy there isn't it there's that likening of the church to a wife and the intimacy. There's, there's this idea there of there being like a, a marriage-like bond between Jesus and the church. Close, unbreakable, yeah. one. There's a, a sacrificial element there, isn't there? He gave himself up for her to do something good for her. There's this aspect of caring and nurturing there, isn't there? And so it's Jesus who nurtures the church, cares the church, fixes, fixes us, makes us holy and makes us sinless. And why does he do it? Out of love, out of passionate love for his church. Jesus loves and looks after his church. And Jesus loves and looks after this church. And that's special. Hey, you get to be part of that. Hey? Wow, you get to be part of that. This church is important to Jesus. He gave himself up for this church. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? I mean, how do we even respond to this? How do we respond to this stuff? Something I'd encourage you to think about and reflect on this week. Wow, how, how should I respond to this idea that Jesus is so passionately in love with his church? And, and I think for me, I think the way we respond is, you know, we should also love and cherish and honour and serve and look after his church, this church. 
So the church should be important to us because it's important to Jesus. And then finally, the last point, the church is strong because of Jesus. It says in here, doesn't it, that, uh, you know, um, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome. Hades, it's a Greek word, refers to the realm of the dead, where all the dead people go. It's a place of darkness and misery and disgrace. Some translations will just translate that word as, as hell. I will build my church. It's Jesus' church and it's, it's strong because he, he builds it. And he builds it strong. Jesus is the head of it. No one else is the head of this church, are they? No one else has ultimate authority over the church. No, no human ruler, no spiritual entity, no one or no thing can overcome the church because Jesus is the head of the church. He's in control of it. He empowers it. He equips it. We are strong because we are the church of Jesus Christ. No death, hell, evil, disgrace, misery, shame, guilt will not overcome us. Jesus' community of believers will be characterized by light and life and grace and beauty and holiness and power and victory now and forever. I mean, wow, don't you just want to say like, amen? Oh, <laughs> I mean, isn't that, that's good news right there, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is truth and this is good news. You know, there is Jesus' life in this kingdom. And when you enter into church, you enter into the realm of life, not death. You enter into the kingdom of light, not the kingdom of darkness. When I hear people prophesying doom and gloom about the church, you ever hear that? And when they say negative things and they, they act like the big, bad, evil world out there is going to get the better of us. They worry that stuff is going to destroy the church. I kind of scratch my head. Because I think, the church is made by Jesus. <laughs> and the church is important to Jesus. And the church is strong because of Jesus. And so I don't know what Bible they're reading, but I don't think it's this one. And, and I don't know what voice they're listening to, but I don't think it's Jesus's. You know, yes, there's a need to correct the church when doctrine goes astray or stir up the church when it gets a bit sluggish, but the world will not overcome us. The church is the winning team. You know, not secularism, not humanism, not communism, not Trumpism. <laughs> Jesus has won. So the church of Jesus Christ wins. We are the overcomers. Amen. We are the overcomers. We are the church. Now, I want to encourage you. It's the start of the year. It's that time where we look at priorities for the year and we get inspired about how this year it's going to be different <laughs> till February. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we all do it. I do it too. 
I want to encourage you, okay? Will you make church us a central part of your expression of faith this year? Don't do it for my sake. Do it for Jesus. Will you see the value and the importance of church just like Jesus does? I know you already know that church is important and valuable. But will you see it through the eyes of Jesus? Will you look to love and serve and honour the church like Jesus does? Will you place your daily confidence and your daily hope in the knowledge that, that the church is strong and we will not be overcome? Jesus is going to use this group of people to grow your faith. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. Jesus is going to use this group of people to form the image of Christ in you, to teach you, to shepherd you, to love you, to inspire you, to correct you, maybe to frustrate you from time to time. You can't live a Christian life without the church because it's upon the revelation that we receive that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus takes individuals like Peter, that he takes individuals like you, like me, and he uses us to grow the kingdom of God. You can't have this revelation about Jesus and not be part of the church. It just goes together. It just goes together. So as you look to this year with your, your work and your study and your family and your leisure and your, your interest and your hobbies and your commitments, all that stuff you're going to take on this year, can I encourage you to put God first and then add the rest in afterwards? That song we sang, Jesus at the centre of it all. Put him at the centre of it all and then add the rest. Don't do it the other way around because it never fits, it never works. Make enough space in your life so you've got space for church and community. And not just, not just rocking up here and being exhausted, but rocking up here and being alive. I was looking at my calendar just earlier on this afternoon. You know, it's hard, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to schedule that. I'm looking at my calendar I'm trying to fit one more thing in in the week and it's not fitting. And I look at Saturday and Saturday's blank and free and I'm like, oh, just squeeze it in on that day. And I went, no, because if I squeeze stuff in every day of that week and Saturday too, I come to Sunday and I haven't got much to give you guys. I don't have much left to, to shepherd and love and inspire and encourage and build up. And so I've got to say no to other stuff so that I can rest and replenish and be ready to give into the church, to serve God and serve his church. Okay. My experience is that when I've got church and small groups or ministry or serving or whatever it is, all that stuff, part of my weekly routines, part of the rhythm of life, then it is easier to naturally put God first, isn't it? Because you've got those rhythms of life set. Okay? I've blocked out time and it keeps me accountable. So that's just all I want to encourage you with today, all right? That um, you know, Jesus says, On this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 
the church, Jesus has a building program. The church is important to Jesus. The church is significant because it's made by Jesus. And the church is strong. Okay, because Jesus is its head. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, um, you know, we, we just love being part of your church. What a beautiful thing it is to have a revelation that Jesus is the Messiah and then to be called your people, to be called your um, gathered ones, to be um, anointed as ones who are filled with your spirit and go out into the world and see your rule and reign extend upon the earth. Lord, where we struggle with all those everyday struggles of, of, of having time and space for, for you in our life, Lord, would you, would you help us to um, just organise our life and time so that you would be first, so that we would honour you with everything we do. Give us wisdom about that. Give us wisdom about what to say yes to and what to say no to. Give us the ability to, to make those hard calls and hard choices. When there are so many uh, good and wonderful and exciting things we could be doing in this world. Lord, may we just be passionate for your church, as passionate as you are, Jesus. So we just thank you that you have called us here to be CRC Corman, your people, the people of God in this place. We just delight in that um, identity that you have given us. And we just thank you for the great fruit this year. As we, as we gather, as we meet, as we encourage one another, as we disciple each other, we just thank you that you will continue to form the image of Christ in us, that you will continue to inspire and equip us for every, um, every good work that you have uh, predestined us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And of course, partial